because, 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 this is MongoCast episode 52 for August 20th, 2006. GoDaddy.com presents Traffic Blazer. Submit your business info to more than 200 search engines and directories and position your website for top rankings with Google and other leading search engines. With Traffic Blazer from number one domain registrar GoDaddy.com, you'll get your share of internet business. Hello everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm Andrew Sims. I am Ben Shane. And I am Jamie Lawrence. And joining us this week, Claire O'Connor. Hi, Claire. Hello. Hey, Claire. <laughs> Thank She's you for US having me on the caster. show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jamie, what's your deal with these O's in front of last names? Oh, well, you see, um, my experience with US newscasters, which I have to say is far from substantial, is uh, <laughs> has told me that every single newscaster is something oh something i mean you've got conan o'brien and i won't list any more since there are so many i could you know i could uh i could i could be here forever so yeah you don't know anymore there's really not many more <laughs> yeah, sure 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 there's um okay and how is conan o'brien a u.s newscaster he does a, a late night talk show yeah Okay, a US TV person then, Ben. Stop picking holes in my flawless argument. <laughs> It'll get you nowhere, seriously. Absolutely Speaking nowhere. Speaking of flawless, awesome newscasters, Micah O'Tannenbaum is standing by in the MuggleCast News <laughs> Center with the passing stop, Harry O'Potter News Stories. Forbes magazine is named author J.K. Rowling, the world's ninth highest earning celebrity. Apparently she makes a cool $145 per minute compared to the $77 per minute from last year. Hannah Clark of the magazine said with $145 she earns every minute. Minute. Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling can buy more than a few boxes of Birdie Bot's Every Flavor Beans, one of the young wizard's favorite sweets. In a recent poll conducted among 1,213 U.S. citizens, an interesting discovery was made. More people know about Harry Potter than the British Prime Minister, Tony Blair. The Blair Center for Television and Popular Culture in New York said these results are not about how dumb Americans are, but about how much more effectively popular culture information is communicated. In a new interview with The Independent, Rupert Grint, who plays Ron Weasley in the Potter films, speaks about taking a role outside the Wizard series. The article also asked him to answer some questions about his career. In a separate brand new interview, Julie Walters, who plays Mrs. Weasley, talks about her current acting projects, driving lessons, the publication of her first tome, and much more. On Potter, she says she will film her scenes for Order of the Phoenix sometime this fall, and confesses to not being quite an avid reader of the books although her daughter is. So, I guess that makes up for it. Joe Rowling and her husband Neil Murray attended the movie premiere of Snow Cake earlier this week at the Edinburgh Film Festival. Some photos of the appearance can be seen in our galleries. Alan Rickman, who plays Professor Snape, stars as Alex Hughes in the film. In movie news, the first ever photograph of Natalia Tenya, sporting purple hair and full Nymphadora Tonks costume, has surfaced online. The picture, which was taken on the set of the fifth film, can be seen over on MuggleNet.com. And HarryLatino.com has been told by Warner Brothers that Order of the Phoenix will be released in Spain on July 20th, 2007. Additionally, Harry Potter Fan Zone reports that the movie distribution company who will be handling the movie in Australia has announced a change in the release date. The new date is July 12th, 2007, which would be several weeks earlier than the previous set date of September 6th. We're working to confirm this information. Tom Felton, who plays Draco Malfoy, was in Pennsylvania this past week for the annual Junior Carp Tournament. We have several pictures of Tom up in our galleries from the event. And finally, the encyclopedia and movie section of our site have been revamped, and there's now a transcript and video available from our live Leaky Mug New York City podcast. So be sure to check all of that out. That's all the news for this August 20th, 2006 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. Can I just um, come in here and say a big, big, big happy birthday to Micah. Belated birthday greetings for the 17th, which was a few days ago. So, hope you... Turn 24. So, and I'm going to be extremely... Happy birthday, Micah. I'm going to be extremely American here and say, have a great day, buddy. (laughs) He would have had a great day. We were supposed to have Kevin on this week, but he's actually sleeping because we were recording earlier than normal. And once again, he dropped the ball. (laughs) Uh, th- we actually tried to record earlier this week, but <laughs> he was sleeping again, so... Uh, yeah, this show has probably been the most put-off show. We tried to, to, to record it. Which day? Thursday? Mm-hmm. Uh, Wednesday, yeah. I think. Wednesday. Move to Thursday. Move, <laughs> move, move to Saturday. Friday. Yeah, move to Saturday, oh, yeah, move then to Friday. Friday, move to day. <laughs> so, uh, we're very committed, but it's just, uh, you know... It's hard. It's hard. It is hard. It's hard work. 
Um, so anyway, moving right along. Oh, we have some nicknames for Micah. I think he put these in the right leg because he wanted us to, uh, bring <laughs> to say them. The, they just keep coming. They just don't stop. His name is so versatile. Uh, the microwave. Mike we've had that before, haven't we? <laughs> sure, we've had that before. Yeah, but I think we cut it out of the show. Right. <laughs> so we're doing it again. Mike Atan, the anchor man. Mike check. Yeah. If we did, sorry. Anyway, listener, uh, no, no. Uh, let's do some announcements first. Podcast Alley. Don't forget to vote for us there. Podcast Awards. Um, we're hoping that we did win at the Podcast Awards, and we are going to announce now that we really will Andrew. be in California. I was really yes. hoping that. That we were going to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got my fingers crossed that that we're, we we're going to come last. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> we're, we're announcing now that we are going to be in California the last week of September, and we will be doing a live podcast. However, we don't know when yet. It will probably be during the week of the twenty fourth. The podcast awards are on the 29th. Uh, so we'll have more details on that hopefully soon. I want to go. So here's your challenge. Here's your challenge. We've all heard the song by Phantom Planet called California. Aww. I haven't. Your job your, is California. Oh. Okay, then. Here, here we come. Does it sound like right from that? I have. Your job is to write a leaky mug slash muggle cast remix to that song and submit the lyrics to bennettstaff.mugglenet.com. And then what? Then the winner gets a free t shirt. In California or now? Or do you free leaky, a free leaky mug t-shirt. After they're done, yes. Yes, after they're done. Also, Jamie, um, I hate to put you on the spot for this, but <laughs> do you have the name of the person who won our little mini contest last week? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. I don't know his last name, but Rob from... Now, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's one of the hardest things. That place in Florida that has about 18 S's and 18 I's in it. Kissing me. Is that how you pronounce um, it? Laura sent me the pronunciation last <laughs> earlier this week, but now I forget it because she knew we would butcher it. Uh, it's kiss, 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 Amy, kiss, kiss, Amy. Kiss Amy. Well, yeah. Um, Rob from there won a lovely um, kiss me, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Rob from kiss me, kissing me, kiss Amy has won a lovely iPod Squares uh, Marvel Cast T-shirt. So I hope you enjoy that, Rob. Speaking of Marvel Cast T-shirts. Um, the current designs, we, we we only have a few of them left to sell, and then they will be retired in favor of some brand new MuggleCast designs, which are nearing completion. And yeah, are all yeah, yeah, fantastic, and we cannot re- wait to release them. So it's just like it's just like when uh, you know Disney will pull the Lion King off of the shelves, go in the at, Disney at, at vault forever. Yeah, it goes in the Disney vault. You know, <laughs> well these these T-shirts are going to go in the MuggleCast vault. So you have to purchase one right now. These it's your last chance to buy the MuggleCast Squares T-shirt. So if you were even on the fence about buying one before, hopefully this puts you back to this good side. You need to purchase a T-shirt. But don't worry because we're going to cryogenically freeze them so we can bring them back in fifty years. And you, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you can, can buy one then. As in Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Walt Disney freeze his head? Didn't he freeze his head? That was weird. Whose head? That was really weird. Whose head are we freezing? Walt Disney froze his own head. No way, really. No, they Seriously, didn't. like he did. He froze his own head. Honestly, I swear to God, yeah. In the Disney vault. That's a talking <laughs> point. You, you know, if you keep it in your living room. Oh. <laughs> What's that? Oh, don't worry. It's just uh, Walt Disney's head. So, do you fancy a drink? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the new T-shirts... Uh, are really, really nice. They're made by Sam at samandneed.com. Again, one is designed specifically for all you girls out there because about 78% of our listening audience is girls. Um, we should set up a dating service through MuggleCast <laughs> for all these guys who this listen sounds, to the show. This is a, as of interest. This is of interest for you. Please email in. Yeah. <laughs> dating dating at I'm just kidding. That's not really <laughs> Don't send emails there. <laughs> Uh, anyway, rebuttals this week. We have a lot of them. Uh, we have a few extra eye rebuttals because we asked for uh, people's thoughts. Our first one, not concerning eyes, comes from Claire of Australia. 
Claire from Australia, she writes, I was listening to episode 51 when you were talking about there being a chance of James Potter still being alive. I definitely don't think that is a poss- that is possible because in the Goblet of Fire, in the battle scene between Harry and Voldemort, when their wands connect and the last people that Voldemort killed came out of his wand as memories, which is also known as prior, 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 James definitely did come out of Voldemort's wand. So if he wasn't dead, how would he be able to just... As Lily and other people, Voldemort had killed. Did uh, point, point is point is a lot of people send in the same point that James came out of Voldemort's wand, so he must have been dead. Oh, James because came out we of were Voldemort's like, wand. What, really what a dead? line! <laughs> anyway, BD writes the subject was brought up about J.K. Rowling describing someone's eyes as black or gray, and it is true that she does does often refer to people as having them. It is also true to imagine those types of eyes. It is also true that she described Voldemort's eyes as red, and it is easy to imagine them as red. But when it came time to reveal Voldemort to the world, the filmmakers took them out because the effect, while imaginable, was less believable. In a roundabout way, I think black and gray eyes is more of J.K. Rowling using a literary license. Also, black or dark eyes are historically a way of saying someone is handsome or brooding brooding Broding? brooding brooding which is odd to me because these are two different things also ask anyone who has had a black eye and they will tell you that it has nothing to do with the pu- and punch people you. iris or yeah you get well punched. right <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a that's what happens when someone hit, hits you but to cap things off eyes are not necessarily Necessarily black, gray, blue, green, yellow, or red, but the writer is the master of their universe, and Rowling is the master of ours, and if she calls them technicolored eyes, then they are. <laughs> However, remember that red ferns don't always grow on graves, and green eyes are not always greener that, when they came from your mother. That is a very poetic message. Uh, I'm touched by the uh, sort of fluid fluidity of it. Should we have a moment of silence? Quiet contemplation now. For BD in Alabama? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Right now. One, two, three. That was great. great Jamie, style. would you Fabulous. like to read off the next rebuttal? <laughs> yeah. No, I thought that was extremely good. Extremely good. Okay. Uh, th- this is from Don't Know and Not Sure. Their ages combined, which equals which is 28. Eight. I don't know if they're 28 each, and we have to combine that, or if it's 28 in total. But they say, hey, guys, and Laura, and Claire, and Claire, don't forget, this is Don't Know and Not Sure, and we have an idea to solve your financial problems. Um, write, write a book together. All the real Harry Potter fans will buy it, and then you can stop begging us to buy T-shirts and making excuses about how other how <laughs> our, our other shirts will explode. Because they won't. They will. They will. Your shirts will explode. We hope you take our brilliant Irony. advice. Love the show. Bye. Yes. Um. Thank you. Don't know and not sure. We are um writing a book, making a film, um, <laughs> going into the real estate business, um, building cruise liners. But come on, seriously. Why on earth would we write a book? That doesn't that, make sense. That doesn't make, it any, doesn't make sense. any sense. So I would not want to be involved no. with that. So, I mean, I'll tell you why. Because, uh, you know, the the effort, especially if there's a deadline or something, you know, like, I mean, I just, I don't know. But, September 1st. Yeah, like, that's yeah. That's just outrageous. I yeah, that is stupid. That is stupid. But thank you, don't know, and not sure for caring about us. Well, I'm really glad they wrote in because... You know, remember last week we we asked them to uh, write in. Oh, we did, didn't we? Yeah, because the because yeah. their uh, cousin once removed can't say wrote in, so it was only fair for don't know and not sure to write in as well. Yeah, and our last rebuttal uh, is specifically for Jamie. It's from dear Deirdre 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 fourteen <laughs> location books a million. Which is a bookstore, I think. <clears throat> she writes, In episode 51, Jamie was eating Lucky Charms. No, they call their house books a million. <laughs> <laughs> In episode 51, Jamie's eating Lucky Charms. I was just wondering, what do Lucky Charms taste like? Love the show, Ben is hot. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so, Jamie, what do Lucky Charms hey, taste Hey, Deidre. Like? Lucky Charms. It's, I, I'm pretty sure it's Deidre. No, it's not Deidre. It's Deidre. Ben's been watching too much Desperate Housewives. It's D E I R D R E. <laughs> yeah, it's Deidre. Okay, fine. No, it's Doctor Dre. That's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> someone email in if it's is it D is it no. Deidre or is it Deidre? <laughs> so or Jamie, Dre. how do Lucky Charms? What do they taste like? They are absolutely awesome. They they have a swagger of uh, of Irish gold combined with a hint of magic and all. S- Summed up to absolute perfection. 
and combine to <laughs> to create a beautiful breakfast cereal that not only starts you off for the day but keeps you going for weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> Or as they say in the commercial. Very, very Actually, nice. Actually, delicious. Yeah, no, they taste extremely nice. They're my, my new favourite, if only I could buy them over here. So, so now... Actually, you can. You can, you can buy groceries on Amazon now. Oh. I'm sure they would ship no, you a box then of it's fine. Charms. Then it's fine. Just every single time I go to the US, I'll buy one box, come back, and then have one bowl every three weeks, so they last me. Until <laughs> <laughs> I can next go to the uh, US. I thought you said they magically... Uh... Refill well, they the they do, but um, but I didn't know if that was just the box that you gave me or every single box. So I didn't like to say anything. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I paid a little extra for that box because I wanted to make sure it lasted for you. Uh, now some more eye rebuttals. Nicole, twenty-two, in Michigan. She says, "I have a theory about Harry's eyes that also fits in with the fact that Joe Rowling said that there was foreshadowing in the Prisoner of Azkaban movie. In the movie, when Remus Lupin is talking to Harry about his mother, he says that she could see the beauty in others, perhaps especially when they couldn't see it in themselves. I think that Harry might have inherited this ability to see beauty along with his mother's eyes. This could have, this could have many consequences in book seven, depending on who has this inner beauty. Perhaps Snape, Pettigrew, or possibly even Voldemort. Hmm. So wait, what's she saying? She's saying that Harry can see good, good in people, is it? Or yeah. But um, Micah came up with a uh, one point about this, about the whole eye thing, because I mean, I find it really, really difficult to find theories about why, um. Harry, you know, has Lily's eyes and how important they are, apart from that theory which everyone loved about um, Harry going to her grave and plucking out her eyes and then really having Lily's <laughs> eyes. But no, he says, Micah says, that he thinks that at some point in the final battle, Harry will be in a compromising situation, extremely similar to Lily was. Snape will be there, for all you Snape-Lily fans, and his attention will be caught by Harry's eyes, and he will remember what happened to Lily and sacrifice himself in some way to save Harry, maybe. Write in if you think that that's, you know, viable theory or any comments about it. Thank you, Micah. Very interesting. Uh, We also got a few other emails uh, saying black and gray eyes do exist. Uh, They're all pretty much redundant of each other. But also, um, this one comes from Elizabeth14 of Tulsa. In episode 51, you were talking about how the fact that Harry has Lily's eyes could be significant in book 7. Here's the theory I have. In book 5, Dumbledore said he thought he saw a shadow of Voldemort stir behind Harry's eyes. So in book 7, if Voldemort finds a way to get in Harry's mind without killing himself, others could be able to tell. Um, I think Dumbledore was speaking figuratively when he... When he meant that, though, you know, like he, um... You think so? Well, yeah, like, like, when Voldemort possessed Harry, Dumbledore could see the Voldemortness inside Harry, you know, so, uh... Uh, the yeah, yeah the, the Voldemortness. That is a proper word. Check the dictionary, everyone. Uh, so, yeah. Voldemortness. Yeah. Very nice. So, uh, but I don't know, yeah, it could be that, you know, his eyes can show what kind of power Voldemort has on him at any one time. Perhaps. It's good. Uh... All right, well, that's it for rebuttals. Now moving on to our main discussion this week, which is the Defense Against the Dark Arts class at Hogwarts. Um, there's so many questions about it because there just are. of the curse and who might t- who might step up in Book 7 to take the role. Um, but we're going to start off with a voicemail um, about the curse. Hi, this is um, Jesse from New Hampshire, and I was just wondering about the Defense Against the Dark Arts people teachers because Dumbledore had said that no teacher had lasted for longer than a year since he had been asked to the post. So what happened to all those other teachers that had been there before Quirrell? Do you think that they all died? Do you think they just resigned? Or do you think that uh, Voldemort had involvement with all of them? Because he wasn't strong at that point. So, But I don't know. I just wanted to hear your thoughts. I love the show. Thanks. Bye. It's purely speculation, but I mean... We haven't really ever heard what happened to the other Defense Against no, the Dark Arts teachers prior to book one. You'd think, though, you'd think, though, if you went for a job interview for a teacher and you said, so why is the, the, the job open? And the uh, headmaster said, well, it's, you know, the, the last f- 50 teachers have either died, resigned, or gone mad. You wouldn't take the job. But no, everyone still right. takes the job. It's weird. But maybe yeah. that's because maybe yeah. that's because it's such a coveted position at Hogwarts. That's nothing to do with. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You know, that is very true. 
And Dumbledore could very well be Everyone's vying convincing for it, them so. somehow. Yeah, yeah. Offering some sort of incentive. Definitely. Anything else to say about that? None here. My feet, my feet are so numb right now. <laughs> I, I don't know what what's my, happening. My back hurts. Are you still in your me. car? I'm still in the car, in Nebraska. Yeah. I've been sleeping here. <laughs> he slept there for a week now, for an entire week. <laughs> yeah. That that really is commitment. I'm still hanging on to my raft. I've been here a week as well. <laughs> I'm getting a bit wet now, I must admit. Well, uh, with Lupin in the third book, he had left to keep the students at Hogwarts safe because he turns into a werewolf and all that. But if he had stayed, what could have happened the following year? Because it just seems like he didn't really have to leave. Because did Dumbledore ask him to leave, or was it I think on his I own? I think he took was it his own decision? the incentive, though. You know, like, he knew that people would... Um, Especially parents would call in and say, you know, um, they'd leave voicemails on the Hogwarts uh, <laughs> voicemail <laughs> Skype name and say, and say, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> we don't want a werewolf teaching uh, our children. And he thought that the uh, the war's going to start soon, and he was playing a, a big role by leaving Hogwarts and uniting Hogwarts more than staying there and causing trouble. I think it was a sacrifice. Do you not think he could have been a target by Death Eaters had he have stayed? That's just me thinking, but... He turns it into a shop that sells all manner of electrical items. <laughs> it just seems like he would, have been, he would have been the most likely candidate to stay around for a second year. Um, he would, yeah. And he didn't... I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the curse really applies to him because he left on his own decision. He's like the only one who left when he hadn't done anything, you know, consciously wrong, if that makes sense. Whereas, right. you know... Right. Um, Lockhart, obviously in the the uh, Chamber of Secrets, Quirrell did have Voldemort on the back of his head, as Harry points out. So that was quite a big thing, you know. So and Moody obviously wasn't Moody. So yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Cha- Chamber of Secrets. <clears throat> Dumbledore hires Lockhart. Why would he hire Lockhart, knowing full well, well maybe not knowing full well that this guy is out of his mind. Because Lockhart had played people for a while saying that he yeah. you know, did all these things. Well, but. isn't just because it's so hard to find someone to take that position? Isn't that why? That, I think that could be it. But Because you, you, have to, you have to hire whoever you can get. He couldn't have played Dumbledore, though. Dumbledore no, obviously no, knew. No. I think the point with Lockhart was that he brought a kind of... He brought the exposure to Hogwarts that no other, no other person at that point in time could have brought, you know, yeah. because he was yeah. so popular. Surely. Yeah, that, no, yeah. So you're saying, you're saying Dumbledore hired him because of how popular he was? Yes. Yeah. Wait, it could be. It's, well, it's, it could it's, be. it's the only reason we keep Jamie on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, no, no, it's like hiring John O. Stewart to be your new English teacher. You know? <laughs> John O. Stewart. with O. Stewart. How fitting. So yeah, it's just like that. That would bring loads of publicity and stuff. So perhaps it is that. That's a very good point. Who now? What if Snape had received the position that he originally asked for? And didn't we? Did we talk about this uh, recently? Well, I think we did. We uh, we asked why Dumbledore finally gave the position to him, didn't we? Well, no. Like prior to that, why didn't he receive the position earlier than Book Six? Um, maybe Dumbledore didn't completely trust. No, no. I know why. I know why. Because. Uh, Dumbledore realised that every single Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher, yeah, um, they either left within a year, they died within a year, or something happened, and he needed to keep Snape close to him because he was working for him to spy on Voldemort. So if he placed him in... I mean, assuming that the job is actually cursed, you know, if he placed him into that job, then within a year, he'd be gone or something. And then in the sixth book... uh, Oh, my God, yeah. And then it... I'm so excited now. I'm so excited. And and then in the... Wait, 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 wait. And then in the sixth book, because <laughs> they had planned that Snape, Snape was going to kill Dumbledore, he put him into the job because it, it didn't matter, because he was going to leave him and, you know, go over to Voldemort, or not go over to Voldemort, as it were, because they'd been planning it. So that shows that Snape is a, a good person. You know, perhaps it's that. Hang on, hang on. You are so good, Jamie. Uh, it just hit so me. It, it just hit me. Uh, shall we make some predictions, book seven, who will be the DA, DA teacher? Because I don't, I don't even think we've talked about this yet. Moody. Mad-Eye Moody. The Dada. 
Definitely. Matt Moody. Why, Claire? Definitely. Because Why? his role, I feel, his role was... It, it wasn't explored to, to the fullest. I mean, I think... I don't know. I that think that, that that JK has... She has she has uh, motives for him, yes. Definitely. Mad-Eye O'Moody is coming for the role. Some people think um, that in order to remember, <laughs> we'll step up, but it might be someone other than Moody, such as Lupin or Tonks. What? You mean like... Putting somebody from the order inside Hogwarts to so they know what's going on, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. For someone, someone like Lupin, or is McGonagall an order member, or is she just she, she's she, got wasn't to be. she in yeah. and out in order? Yeah, of Phoenix? she was. Yeah, yeah. Guys, assess where we left Lupin in the last book. Where was Lupin at the end of the last book? Where Where was he? Was he not in the hospital? Yes, he was. He was in with was uh, Bill, on, and then Tonk said, uh, "So, so no, 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 Bill, Bill." And then, um, and then Tonk says, "I love you. I don't care if you're a werewolf. Once a month, we just won't do it." Then, um, <laughs> if we actually think logically about who is going to be the the um, defense against the dark arts teacher in book seven, then ugh, we need to think that it's not going to be Hagrid. Out of the existing existing members, it's not going to be Hagrid. It's not going to be. No. Um, um, Professor McGonagall because she's going to be the head teacher of Hogwarts most likely most likely um, it's not going to be Kingsley it's not going to be Kingsley Shacklebolt, Shacklebolt even because he's um, he's working with the Muggle Prime Minister it's <laughs> it's um, it's not going to be Arthur Weasley because he's been promoted to something that I can't remember right now um, the the for me the most likely candidate is definitely uh, Mad Eye Moody, and I think that Tonks will go to Transfiguration because of obvious reasons. Yeah, that sounds fair enough. I like that. That sounds fair enough. Well, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Um, who, See, who else? I'm can I say um, the question of it's been d- d- discussed for quite a long time that whether Harry is going to become the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, but I just can't see it because oh no way! Oh come on, get a grip. It's, it's that is a dumbest ben, thing. Respect, I've ever please, Ben. Ben, respect, please. Life. But. Uh, Okay, the thing, <laughs> sorry, is, the thing sorry. is, he we've only got one more book, so he can't qualify out of school and then become the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher unless she writes it in oh, an right. um, epilogue. If you think about it, Harry has so much to learn himself in the last book. Exactly, to be able exactly. To, to he he can't teach all people. The Horcruxes and then get to Voldemort, and then not even that. Um, but he he has he has actually to do this. So how is he going to find the time to be a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher? And Precisely. In turn, do this final quest kind of thing, you know? Exactly, it, exactly. He'll be like, Cla- class dismissed, I've got to go and find a Horcrux. Right, but I think most people think <laughs> he's going to become Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher after... Um, oh, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. After Possibly. all this mayhem happen- is over. Because, of course, he can't do it during school. That is the stupidest thing he ever did. <laughs> how, about, how about Dumbledore's army? Could he man- maintain Dumbledore's army and bring it back? Yeah. Him, uh, I think so. But it would be uh, 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 but it would be TLDA, the late Dumbledore's army. <laughs> tear, tear, tear. That's that's below the belt, Jamie. That's below the belt. Maybe he wouldn't even run it. Maybe like Hermione <laughs> or maybe not so much Ron would take it over. Um, now, what about other roles? We Claire already Tongues seems like a good person for Transfiguration. How about potions? Will Slughorn stay on? I think he's. Uh, good enough to be... I think he's definitely, uh, definitely. loyal enough to Dumbledore yes. to, to come back for another year. That wraps up our Defense Against our Dark Arts discussion, but Jamie, I understand you have a theory for us now. I'm going to come up with a, um, a theory that was proposed by Micah. He's on a roll this week, and this was... You're going to come up with a theory. Yes, I'm going to... Yeah, it's going to take all my um, powers and uh, concentration to read this straight out of a text file, so... Uh, let me concentrate, Ben. <laughs> he, he proposes that we knew in the first book, from very early on, that Snape was going to kill Dumbledore. Also, in fact, not only that, but that Malfoy was going to try and kill him. He couldn't, and then Snape was going to kill him. So, um, to find out how this is, turn to page um, 130 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, or page... One sec, let me find it or page 97 of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, both paperbacks. Um, It's right at the end of the chapter of The Sorting Hat, um, and I'll read from it and then explain it afterwards. 
perhaps Harry had eaten a bit too much because he had a very strange dream. He was wearing Professor Quirrell's turban, which kept talking to him, telling him he must transfer to Slytherin at once because it was his destiny. Harry told the turban he didn't want to be in Slytherin. It got heavier and heavier. He tried to pull it off, but it tightened painfully, and now concentrated especially, and there was Malfoy laughing at him as he struggled with it. Then Malfoy turned into the hook-nosed teacher, Snape, whose laugh became high and cold. There was a burst of green light and Harry woke, sweating and shaking. He rolled over and fell asleep again, and when he woke next day, he didn't remember the dream at all. Now, we couldn't find a link between the turban, but if you go back to to the, the lightning-struck tower in Book 6, and there was Malfoy laughing at him, Dumbledore, as he struggled with it, uh, being the prospect of being killed, maybe. And then Malfoy couldn't do it, so he turned into the hook-nosed teacher, Snape, whose laugh became high and cold. There was a burst of green light, a Varda cadavera, and Harry woke, as in got unfrozen, sweating and shaking. So I thought that was really, really good, Micah. So well done. That is a very good theory. He, he has a tendency to think up well, I, brilliant well, theories well, like this. Unless he just stole it. But it's the kind of thing that, that is linked and obviously is right, but it would, yeah. it would have been impossible to predict from it that Dumbledore, would, the, you know, this was the scene where Dumbledore died, if that makes sense. I think it's very good, though. This is, this is a perfect example of... This is a perfect example of the... Sorry, honey. The, the red herrings that, that JK gives us early on and that, you know, as, as readers, we kind of... We assess everything that we can... But sometimes the simplest of things that we, that we read and, and we don't pick up on are the things that give us the most insight into the future occurrences of the books. Yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. You know? Exactly. So, um, so um, uh, can I say to everyone, go and um, analyse Harry's dreams. Every, <laughs> um, go through the books and see what he does. Every single one. See if you can link them to other one. things in book six. <laughs> Yeah, every single dream. If there's one stone left unturned, we are we are not going to be happy. I want, I want theories. I want discussion. I want I, I, I want book proposals. I want I want the world. Want I the want world. it all. I want it all. This is our new segment on MuggleCast called Word by Word. Yeah. Voicemails this week. Let's listen to the first one. Hey, MuggleCast guys, it's Amanda from Des Moines, Iowa. I was just listening to my iPod, listening to MuggleCast while I walk my dogs, and I just thought. All the books of the U.S. version say either book one, year one at Hogwarts, or book two, year two at Hogwarts. So I was wondering maybe if you guys thought that the seventh book would be somewhere else other than Hogwarts, and that's why they had to mention it on the other ones. Just love to hear what you guys thought. Love your show. Thanks. It's interesting, but I think they only do it because, it's, well, they, they wouldn't know so far ahead of time. Joe wouldn't be like, she oh, I'll put at Hogwarts so that in book seven we can put at... The cave yeah. or something. Andrew, I definitely I disagree with that. I think she might seriously. Somebody like Joe, I think she definitely might. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, definitely. I don't even know where it says this. What What am I missing? I don't see where it says this <laughs> on the, in the books. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where it says that on the books. But uh, if you want to clarify that, feel free to email us. Yeah, I don't think even if it did say that somewhere, I don't think that Joe would change it for the. Last book. I mean. Interesting perspective, though, for walking your dogs. Hi, guys. My name is Chris. I'm calling from the San Francisco Bay Area. I really enjoy your show, and I had a topic for discussion that I hope you guys pick up. I was wondering if, in fact, Hogwarts reopens for year seven. What do you think will become of Crabbe and Goyle? At the end of Half-Blood Prince, Harry notes that he looks over and sees them at the Slytherin table, and they seem very lost without Malfoy. Do you think they'll continue with their education? And if so... Do you think they're not going to be so nasty towards Harry or other people now that Malfoy's no longer there? Thank you. I love your show, and have a good day. They're going to Harvard. They've just applied, and they've got it. <laughs> I think they will definitely be less... Uh, they won't tease Harry as much. They won't be in his way as much. Um, as for leaving school... If you, if you look at it right, there's never been as much rivalry in Hogwarts, possibly, you know, since um, the times of James and Lily as there has since Harry came to school and there's been this whole thing between him and Draco. So, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. Oh, God. Um, no, help me out. Seriously, help me out. <laughs> I'm falling here. I don't know. I um, can't I think really that... go into your brain. Maybe and... <laughs> <laughs> I've completely lost it as well. Um, no, I think that um, I th- D- Draco is definitely not going to go back for year seven. How can he possibly, possibly go back for year seven? How yeah, can no. he? Seriously. 
Well, exactly. Um, he can't. He can't. With with the whole, you know, Albus Dumbledore was a, 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 you know, he was he was adored by the whole school. How can Draco possibly go back after all that's happened? Snape's out the picture. He's ran away to wherever he is. Um, yeah. And the future is basically that Harry, neither Harry nor Draco, are at Hogwarts. That's just my opinion. But book seven, that's they they do certainly not play a part in Hogwarts for me. Yeah, that's probably true. All right, next voicemail. Hi, Mugglecasters. This is Evie from Ohio. Uh, in regards to your episode of 51 discussion, when you when it comes to Harry's eyes, do you think that Joe is likely to play on the old saying, the eyes are the windows to the soul? And do you think she already has? Hope this message finds you well. Bye-bye. But it is interesting that, uh, you know, because it, it's like the two ones connecting together and, you know, um, each person seeing into the one of the other. Couldn't it be like if somebody looks into Harry's eyes, they can see into his soul, or something like that, I don't know. It's yeah. an interesting quote, though. Yeah, again, there's this kind of, there's great symbolism with that, so... And that's really a huge part of the story. Yeah, hi, this is Angela from Virginia. Um, I had a comment about episode 50. Um, you made a comment that said that um, Joe didn't kill off extras. Well, the comment that I have to that is, um, does she not consider Cedric... Cedric an extra because she kills him off in book four. And um, my husband and I were listening to y'all's episode 50, and you said something about Harry um, that was inappropriate. Well, it wasn't that. It was just what you said about about, um, Harry being an unpleasant person, a term that you used. And we wondered why that term was used. We love the show anyway. Keep up the good work. Bye-bye. I think when Joe... I don't know what she's referring to. I can't remember. We, I mean, we probably did, but... Harry said... We said Harry was an unpleasant person. I, to be did honest, we? I, I wish I could remember, I too. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, when she said about um, Joe not killing extras, I think it means that... Um, I think Joe... What she means is that every single death she puts in is significant to the series as a whole, as in she she doesn't kill people for the sake of killing people, you know, everything's important, rather than that she kills secondary characters, you know. That's definitely viable, I mean, if you look at it, she didn't kill, she didn't, she didn't kill Dumbledore for no reason, did she? Seriously, no. she didn't kill Dumbledore for no reason. If, if Dumbledore went through to the final book, then Harry would have been invincible, almost, so. Okay, the quote from Joe was that she doesn't go for the extras, so I don't think that it means, uh, every death has to be important. Um, but could Cedric be an exception to this? Or could... No, it is important, though. No, people are asking about... People are asking about Book 7 and the deaths that relate to Book 7. And she's saying that she's not going to kill off the minor characters. She's going to go to those who are the closest to the main character. She isn't doing it for the sake of it, though. Joe's got to such a point that she thinks that if, if you know, the hypothesis fans are so inept... That they're gonna look at every single situation, every single angle, um, and think, why couldn't this have happened? Why couldn't this have happened? So she needs to kind of kill off everybody who she thinks is a is a is a viable candidate for kind of you know for a reason. Why couldn't they have been there? Why couldn't this have happened? You know. I was gonna say that it isn't that she's going straight for the fir- for the main characters, but she's killing the people which it's necessary to kill for the book to progress, and that each death isn't isn't a death for the sake of a death. It's it's a death because... I disagree. I well, think ben, she's I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Kill ben, those... ben, <laughs> do you get sick of being ben, wrong? Ben, you are wrong. You what are completely it? wrong. I'm what? never wrong. Are you used to it by <laughs> now? That's the problem. You're used to it by now. J.K. Rowling said that she does not target the extras. That doesn't mean that she's going to kill somebody that we don't realize is a pivotal role, plays a pivotal role in the series. It means that she's going to kill people we know are ma- our main characters and we know... Are going to really tug at our heartstrings when they die. That's what that's what I think. Is I think I think that's definitely true. I do think that's definitely true, Ben. I think you've got you've got reason for saying that. But again, I think that it's just got to the point where J.K. is looking at every single viewpoint, every single angle, that she realizes how perceptive the Potter fans are, and she just realizes that you know every every possible explanation has to be covered because. We're just that good, basically. We are just that good. Hi, Michael Cast. This is Deepa from Edison, New Jersey. I was wondering, how do you think Fred and George Weasley knew the outcome of the Quidditch World Cup? 
Thanks. Bye. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say time travel. You think Fred and George can do time travel? Well, Maybe. Yeah, there has to be. They somebody. are very clever people, but um, it could be that. Yeah, or yeah. it could just be they guessed and were right. But it doesn't seem like they were right because if you. If you go back to Goblet of Fire... It's way too specific no, for them but, um, to guess. But if you go back to, to Goblet of Fire, they just after the uh, World Cup is finished and Bagman is seeing Fred and George, they approach him with huge smiles on their face, like they knew that it was going to happen anyway, and they just, you know, were coming to collect their gold. Interesting question. But, I mean, it seems like Fred and George would have... Harry's their trusted, their financial... Uh, yeah, backer. Backer. Backer now. When they've told Harry that they can do time travel, it doesn't seem like something yeah. they keep secret from but him no, of all no, people. No, they Not necessarily. Financial O-backer. Yeah, financial O-backer. <laughs> no, well, they wouldn't... Harry wasn't backing them financially when um, they originally made the bet. So... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's true. They wouldn't... They, they wouldn't have... They, they wouldn't feel like they owed it to Harry to tell him. Oh, I see what you mean. So yeah, and of course there are going to be things they keep secret to themselves. There was never any any agreement or any stipulations to Harry giving them the money. He pretty much no, said, that's hey, true. Yeah, yeah. Take the money. <laughs> right, right. Okay, fair enough. Hey, I'm Crystal from Arlington Heights, Illinois, and I'm calling because on episode fifty, you were talking about um, J.K. Rowling saying that their opinion was correct. Um, Sam and whatever his name was. Um, what they said. In our opinion, everything follows from it, being that um, whether Snape is evil or good. That's what she meant by, in your opinion, that their opinion is right. So, I love you guys. Bye. I love you, too. I love you, too, Yay, as well. an explanation. Right. And this whole this whole notion that Joe made all these slip-ups at their live reading have pretty much all gone to pot because... Yeah. Not really. Yes, they have. You're wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Joe did not slip up at all. Because I said she didn't. <laughs> okay. All right. Now moving on to uh, our second but last Sparts quote of the week. But first, Julia15 from Canada wrote, Just in case you were wondering, the quote from Dylan Sparts' Dylan Sparts's inspirational quote of the week is from a song called I Put the Metro in Metronome by a band called Cute is What We Aim For. You should check them out. They're awesome. Now it is time for Dylan's inspirational quote of the week. The inspirational quote of the week this week is, Scotty doesn't know. I might have butchered that a bit, but I'm pretty sure that was it. Scotty doesn't know. (laughs) Um, And based on the laughter that I just got from that, it is time to retire Dylan Sparks' inspirational quote of the week in favor of a new segment, Andrew's (laughs) email of the week. It comes from Ryan, 15 of California. (laughs) He writes, here's an awesome idea thought of while eating some chapstick. Okay. You should ask the listeners if they have a ritual or tradition while listening to MuggleCast. Personally, I like to eat a six-inch tuna with everything on it, with Sun Chips and a Pepsi. So apparently Ryan15 of California eats Sun Chips and a six-inch tuna every time he listens to the show. And he thought of this while eating chapstick, which is lip balm. But Ben, uh, I mean, Andrew, um, you do realize now that you've started this thing, people are going to send these wacky emails just to be on Andrew's email of the week (laughs) yes that's the thing I I refuse to do that so I'm just going to say Andrew's email of the week (laughs) well I'm going to I'm going to talk to Emerson and he's going to teach me how to teach how to spot the right from the wrong because he's an experienced wall of shame actually I have a few of them because we get we had so many emails but some of them are absurd so Uh, they're going to get worse than that I promise you so that's my (laughs) email of the week (laughs) chicken soup Jamie, care to read it? Yes. Uh, this comes from Rebecca17 from Penn Sorkin in New Jersey. Wow, we seem to have a representative in New Jersey. A lot of New Jersey week. people. Yeah, wow. That, people that's, um, hey, Ben. No coincidence or anything. Isn't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pick these people based on their location. Yeah, whatever. Okay. You're like, oh, Jersey. <laughs> oh, Jersey. Okay. <laughs> Hey, MuggleCasters! I'm a huge fan of the show. I've been listening to it since episode one. I love it so much that I bought a tape adapter for my car, considering I I only have, have a cassette player in there, so I can listen to a MuggleCast on the road with my iPod. That is severe dedication for you. Well, it so happens that the only reason my parents gave me a car was so I could show for my three younger sisters around. I happen to hate driving them places because they are so ungrateful about it, and with the gas inflation, yep, it must suck paying $3 a gallon over there. I can't imagine what it must be like paying six and a half. 
<laughs> it's Jamie, why don't you tell people? Because that, that blows my mind. Okay, that blows my mind. We pay now currently a pound a litre, which translates to six and a half dollars a gallon. That That is crazy. Back to the voicemail. So Sorry, to the uh, thing. Well, it so happens that my sisters hate Harry, Harry Potter with a severe passion. I'm the only one in my family that loves it. So, my new plan was that whenever they asked me to take them somewhere, I would always put on Mugglecast in the car. They would always complain and moan, saying, don't put on the, the weird people that talk about Harry, Harry Potter. Yeah, we are weird. But my plan worked because my sisters hated Mugglecast so much they refused to let me drive them anywhere. So, Mugglecast, thank you for saving my gas money. Ah, if you want to to save more gas money, you should have gone to <laughs> Eric's <laughs> Reading. Yeah, yeah, Vegas. Yeah. And Sanity. Keep up the amazing work, Rebecca. Thank you very much, Re- Rebecca. We're glad that we caused your sisters to hate us so much um, they won't even get in the car with you. <laughs> I don't understand why people would hate us. I do. It makes me sad. I hate us. I hate us. <laughs> oh, I guess I do too. Come to think of it, uh, I envy I... us. Okay, uh, Jamie, you got a number? <laughs> another? Oh, I do. Or... I do. I do. <laughs> I've just got to open my email a sec. But I'll say the first one. I have a couple this week. Uh, these are from Lindsay, age sixteen, from Cape Town, da- Cape Town, uh, South Africa. Dumbledore makes onions cry, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> um, uh, um, <laughs> when Dumbledore is ready to wake up, he tells the sun to get behind the horizon. <laughs> um, uh, some people wear Superman pajamas. Superman wears Dumbledore pajamas. <laughs> um, uh, um, uh, let's find some more. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, last one, last one. Dumbledore uses a nightlight, not because Dumbledore is afraid of the dark, but because the dark is afraid of Dumbledore. And, okay, last one, last one, last one. When the bogeyman goes to sleep at night, he checks his closet for Dumbledore, which I thought was so funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I love those, I love yeah. those. <laughs> I can't believe you've never seen Chuck Norris, though, and you still find them so funny. Hey. Hey you. Uh, no, I have seen Chuck Norris in, in the show. Uh, what? No, I've seen Walker Texas Ranger. No, yeah, no, or Texas Walker mean. Ranger, yeah. or Ranger Texas Walker, or something, or whatever it's called. You know, <laughs> Walker Texas Ranger. I think that's the one. That is the one. I think that does wrap up our show this week. Uh, PO Box Ben. PO Box two two three Mounder Kansas six seven one zero seven. You can also email us at MuggleCast at staff.mugglenet.com or call us one two one eight twenty Magic in the United Kingdom zero two zero eight one double four zero six double seven in Australia zero two eight double three five double six eight. Uh, you can also Skype the name MuggleCast to leave a voicemail, or if you have any other suggestions, comments, complaints, concerns, uh, whatever you want, just email MuggleCast.com. Do I not get to do a, a Scottish joke? Do you have one? I have a Scottish joke if you want me to do it. Oh, yeah, go on then. There was once a student at an English university, and his name was Donald McDonald. He was from the Isle of Skye, and he was living in the halls of residence in his first year at university. After he'd been there a month, his mother came to visit, shut up, Ben, <laughs> knows out carrying reinforcements of his oatmeal. And how do you find the English students, Donald? She asked. Mother, he replied, they're such terribly noisy people. The one at that side keeps banging his head against the wall and he won't stop. The one at the other side screams and screams and screams away into the night. Oh, Donald, how do you ever manage to put up with these awful, awful noisy English people I can't speak mother I do nothing he said I just ignore them I just stay here quietly and play my bagpipes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that's one of the best jokes I've ever oh, heard in well. my life that is so good oh that's awesome that's awesome that's, re- that's really good I like that one that does it for episode no 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 wait 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 okay I would just like to I'd like to do two things. I'd like to congratulate the um, ancient Romans for finally getting email because I have got an email from uh, a, a certain Julius Caesar, age Ooh. really old, really old, location, secret passage under the hog's head which leads directly to Rome. Subject, my, my papyrus. Okay, he says, My dear fellow Jamie, you are so very welcome for the papyrus I sent you. I am delighted to hear that, that Mr. Shane sent it to you. And thank you for your sympathy about being stabbed but it's quite alright. You see, no one knew, but I made a horcrux, and I'm now disguised as a wizard by the name of Aberforth Dumbledore. My regards, Julius. Well, wow, what what an honor, Jamie. I used to think that, you know, 
our life would be completed when J.K. Rowling emailed. But yeah, yeah, but Julius Caesar, that's special. Yeah, forget it. Yeah. On that note, that does wrap up episode fifty-two. I'm Andrew Sims. I am Benji. I am Jamie O. Lawrence. And I am Claire O'Connor. Claire, thank you for joining us this week. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You can find Claire at RupertGrint.net, and she's the fantastic host of Rupert Cast and also Redcast. To all the listeners, we apologize for a shorter-than-normal show this week, but we were all pretty busy this past week and had a few scheduling conflicts, so we'll be back with our usual length next week. Good night, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, Mogul Cast, this is going on. My name is Liz. I live in Jamaica. Look it up. And this is a long distance call. I love the show that much. I turned 15 yesterday, and my family and I are coming up to New York in a couple days. I'm really excited, and I'm definitely buying a Mogul Cast t-shirt while I'm there. Love the show. Keep it up. Bye. Hey, guys. This is Emily, and I live in the Bay Area in California. I just wanted to say that I love this show. Um, pretty much good when I have to be in the car for an hour, and I need something to listen to other than my sister whining. So, good time. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Hey, Lauren Cross. It's Tom from England. I just want to say that I love the show. It's great. And that um, I'm really pleased you got this UK line because I can't call internationally. It's too expensive. But um, keep up the good work and we hope to hear more of Jamie's British jokes of the day soon. See you later. Bye. Hey, Mugcasters. This is Alice. I'm calling from South Euclid, Ohio. And I just wanted to congratulate y'all for... Um, a wonderful 50th episode. I hope to hear at least 50 more. I also want to mention that uh, MuggleCast made it into my local newspaper, The Plain Dealer. They only mentioned Andrew and Ben, though, not Jamie or Laura or the rest of you guys, but just thought you'd like to know that you're famous around the Cleveland area. And again, love the show, and I hope you guys make at least another 50. Thanks. Bye. Hey guys, it's Eric here from Australia here, and I just thought I'd call my own voicemail line to tell you that I love your show, and I hope you guys can come down to Melbourne one day for a live show, because I miss Vegas and New York City heat, and we all love you down here. So, see you soon. No pressure or anything. Bye, Hazards Rock. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, Mel Casters, it's Amanda from Tampa. Um, I wanted to say how much I love you guys, and Jamie has the best singing voice I've ever heard. You guys are awesome. Keep up the good work. Bye. Ben, you can do one thing for us, okay? Can you just, uh, you know, if this is the uh, best thing... Work, Davis! We show. No, no. <laughs> well, that's two things. Thank you. That's very kind. Do you think you can please give us a butterbeer? Later. Maybe. C- come on, you have to. You could... There's got to be something you saw at Lumos that must have pissed you off. Yeah, but I can't talk about that. That would be... That would not really... <laughs> <Yeah. talk> <laughs> and, <laughs> and it would be NC-17 as well. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Something related to the convention I'm talking about.